We'll hear argument this morning in case 18-1195, Espinoza versus the Montana Department of Revenue. Mr. Comer. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, this case asks whether the Federal Constitution allows the wholesale exclusion of religious schools from scholarship programs. It does not. Yet Montana's Blaine Amendment requires that exclusion. As a result, the Blaine Amendment discriminates against religious conduct, beliefs, and status in violation of the Free Exercise Clause under Trinity Lutheran. The Montana Supreme Court disagreed. That court held that barring religious schools from the program did not violate the federal Constitution. This court should reverse that judgment. Even respondents now concede that excluding religious schools from the program is unconstitutional. But they argue that the court avoided this discrimination by invalidating the entire program. This is wrong. The only reason the court invalidated the program was because it included religious schools. And the court's remedy did not cure its discriminatory judgment. Nor should the remedy shield the judgment from review. Petitioners brought this lawsuit because they were denied scholarships based on religion. And they are still being denied scholarships based on religion. If the court had shut down the program because it included Muslim schools or African-American schools, there's no question that would be unconstitutional. We ask you to reverse. Respondents argue in the alternative that Locke allows them to exclude the religious schools and that this case falls within the play in the joints. But that would allow the exception to swallow the rule. As Trinity Lutheran made clear, the rule is religious neutrality and Locke only a narrow exception. We argue that Locke is the exception that proves the rule. Um, in Trinity Lutheran. May, may I ask you uh, some threshold questions about Article Three standing? Under the Montana judgment, these parents are treated no differently than parents of children who are going to secular private schools. So where is the harm? When a differential is challenged, the court uh, inspecting the state law can level up or level down, and here it leveled down. So vis-a-vis parents of children going to secular private schools, how are you harmed? Um, Your Honor, the Montana Supreme Court lacked the necessary predicate for leveling up or for leveling down because they got the federal Supreme Court question wrong. But for getting that question wrong, we would never have moved on to the issue of remedying that problem because it isn't a constitutional problem. Um, But there's another serious problem, and that's the parents are not taxpayers. Taxpayers are the people who contribute to these student scholarship organizations. And this court has held that there is no standing to challenge somebody else's tax status. It seems to me that the court's decision in Eastern Kentucky 
is very close to this one. And the Court said, you say you're injured because these hospitals are not providing, providing services to you, but you are not the taxpayer and you can't complain about the tax treatment of someone else. So how do you distinguish Eastern Kentucky? Well, Your Honor, here what's involved is a scholarship program. And the scholarship program's intended beneficiaries are the parents, like our clients, who are enabled to exercise their constitutional right to choose. They're challenging the tax status of someone else, not themselves. No, no, Your Honor. It's because the Montana Supreme Court has extended um, their Blaine Amendment to include scholarships that are generated by the giving of tax credits. I'm sorry. Is there any case we've ever had where we've recognized a tax — a party — who wasn't either the taxpayer or the direct recipient of the taxes, benefits of the taxes. So here, the parents not just aren't the taxpayer, they're not the schools that receive the money. Neither are they guaranteed receipt of the money. We're told that there's less money than applicants. So they're like three levels removed. In what other case can you cite for me? Have we permitted such a removed party to have standing? Uh, Your Honor, I don't think that we've had a state constitutional provision ever be applied in such an a. It doesn't matter that we've had we've had a case involving schools that discriminate. And we've said that those school — that taxpayers — not taxpayers — that individuals who feel affected by that discrimination don't have standing because they're not the people um, — they're not the taxpayer, and they're not the recipient of the discrimination directly. So I mean, I'm, I'm having a problem understanding how you have standing either for the taxpayer or for the school who receives the money, well, and why you have a lot of contingencies, other t- that taxpayers won't give the $150 without the tax credit, that the school will actually pick them, and that even if picked in the past, that they'll be picked in the future. It seems a high level of contingencies. So mention one case that uh, comes close to that. Any case that involves <laughs> Article Three standing where the intended beneficiaries of the program The school's the are, intended beneficiary. I, I respectfully, Your Honor, I disagree. The financial benefit from a scholarship program is to the families. The families receive the benefit of the scholarship. The scholarship is used by the families to buy Council, the education. The financial at the benefit is to the taxpayer who gets a tax credit. Actually, that's the intent. It's an incentive for the taxpayer to give money, but there are many incentives that incentivize people to give money. Yes, Your Honor, it does incentivize uh, donations. That's its purpose. 
and it actually succeeded while the program was going in awarding scholarships to two of our three client families. How do you and know that they wouldn't have been in the same situation? After all, this is a small credit. It's $150. And if they don't get the credit, if the donors to the organizations don't get the credit, they still get a tax deduction, and that tax deduction is untapped. So uh, how can we even assume that there's going to be less money in the kitty if the credit is removed but the tax deduction remains untouched? I'm looking at Wright against Allen in eastern Kentucky, and I just don't understand how this case passes the standing bar when those didn't. Well, Your Honor, the simple fact of the matter is that our clients received scholarships under this program, which was a financial benefit to them. The, the, the tax deductions are not a financial benefit to the taxpayer because they are out $150, whether they pay their tax to the state or they donate $150 to the scholarship organization. There's no financial benefit to them. It's kind of a psychic benefit. But it creates scholarships. It really created scholarships. Mr. Comer, can I go back to uh, Justice Ginsburg's first question? Um, And I don't know whether to call it standing or mootness or anything else, but I guess I am having trouble seeing where the harm in this case is at this point. It's a strange kind of posture we're in. But if you would describe to me, what is the harm that the parents are suffering right now, currently? Well, right now, their students, uh, two of the family students, are on scholarships. And next year, they won't be. Right. But I, I guess Generated what by the program. I'm sorry to interrupt. I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm saying is that because of the um, Supreme Court's ruling, uh, whether you go to a religious school or you go to a secular private school, you're in the same boat at this point. So I've always understood in these kinds of cases that the harm is the perceived or alleged or actual, whatever you want to call it, discrimination. But there is no discrimination at this point going on, is there? Um, Yes, there is, because... The discrimination occurred in the judgment of the Montana Supreme Court, which considered a federal question, which led to the invalidation of the program. But it led to the invalidation of the entire program as it related both to uh, private secular schools and private religious schools. So um, the parents of both are affected in the exact same way. That's because the remedy, you can't let the remedy shield the discriminatory judgment. The discriminatory judgment is in mistakenly believing that this uh, Blaine Amendment and the application of it did not violate the federal Constitution. If they got that question right, we wouldn't be here because the program would still be going on and our parents would be... I'm sorry, how could that be? Meaning, are you taking the position that as a matter of constitutional law, the Montana Supreme Court constitutional provision is unconstitutional? That, That states are forced 
to give money, tax credits, to religious institutions and secular institutions? Are they required always to give money out of no, these scholarships? No, Your Honor. We All right, so let's start there. Are you saying that the the Constitution is unconstitutional, meaning that the, the constitutional Montana's constitutional provision is unconstitutional? Montana's constitutional provision violates the free exercise clause on its face I'm and sorry. as applied to this program. So you are saying that states are forced to give money both to secular and religious schools? It not to the schools. This is a case about giving the money to the families. It's not a case I about don't, giving I, money Secular to the and religious families. Yes, if they give to one, they must give to the other. But can the state choose not to give at all? Yes. All right. So let's, if you start from that proposition, the Montana court said, we don't have a law now. Don't give to any. So let's assume that the Montana court did what you wanted it to do and said, this is unconstitutional under the federal constitution, and it's unconstitutional under the Montana constitution, which is what I think it did, by the way. It said it's unconstitutional under both, even if it didn't say it, but let's assume it. To assume it says it's unconstitutional under the federal constitution. You're saying they can't say separately it's unconstitutional under the Montana constitution. Um, they have to keep the program alive. In the circumstances we're dealing with, Your Honor, um, they terminated the program. I'm not talking about the circumstances. Let's assume their opinion was written exactly the way you want it to be. And they had said, this violates the federal constitution. But it also violates the Montana constitution. So instead of leveling up the way Justice Ginsburg said, we're going to level down. That way it doesn't violate either of them. It, we stopped the federal violation because we're not discriminating against the school, any school. And we've now not violating the Colorado Constitution. Can they do that? Are we talking about the court doing this? Can or the court doing this? Can the court do it? No. Because right. when you Why? have a constitutional conflict between the two constitutions, the federal constitution But you just told me the federal constitution doesn't stop the state from choosing not to give aid. That's right. But here, the state chose to give aid, and it has been stopped from giving aid to our clients. Well, it chose to give aid consistent with the constitutional amendment. And, and, and the constitutional amendment sets restrictions on funds. And as a result of the restrictions on funds that the constitutional amendment set, uh, in this case, which I have always understood to be a challenge to the way that the constitutional amendment operated on a particular program, as a result of this challenge, what has happened is that neither the parents who want to send their children to religious schools nor the parents who want to send their uh, children 
to um, uh, secular schools uh, get what they would like to get. So they're both being treated the same way. Uh, only as a result of a mistaken understanding of the free exercise clause. Right? Under, well, we don't under usually. Okay, go ahead. I mean, we don't usually sort of grade every line of an opinion. Usually, we look to an opinion, we, and, 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 and there's a decision below, and it's had a consequence in the world. And the consequence of this decision is that there is no discrimination, that neither, that neither set of parents is getting what it, they want. Now, you might say, well, both should get what they want, and maybe that would be a better world. Maybe. But the constitutional harm that it seems that you have to allege here is the discrimination, and there is no discrimination. Your Honor, there is no discrimination because the Montana constitutional provision requires discrimination on its face and as applied to our clients. And if I can point out, this isn't a decision about harmonizing the two constitutions because the Montana Supreme Court did not recognize there was any conflict between them that had to be harmonized at all. Justice Alito? Yeah, I just wanted to ask this simple question. Under our decision in Village of Arlington Heights, is it constitutional for a unit of state government to do something that it could do, but if it does it for an unconstitutional discriminatory reason, is it then unconstitutional? Uh, yes, it is, Your Honor. Um, I see the light is on. Thank you, Counsel. Mr. Wall. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. The Montana Supreme Court held that the Montana Constitution requires religious discrimination that the federal Constitution <clears throat> forbids. Parents may not direct scholarships to schools solely because those schools are religiously affiliated. Now, the state doesn't defend that error of federal law, but says it was washed away when the Court invalidated the entire program and left everyone empty-handed. The Montana Supreme Court had no power under federal law to invalidate anything. It relied on a state constitutional provision that is inconsistent with and preempted by the Federal Free Exercise Clause. And crucially, petitioners continue to suffer from that Federal Free Exercise violation, regardless of whether other parents receive scholarships or also suffer as collateral damage. If the Montana Supreme Court had invalidated this program because it included historically African-American schools or all-girls schools, that would be a straightforward equal protection violation. Nothing about it would be cured by the fact that other parents have been denied funding as well. So you're, you're uh, I'm sorry, oh, you're good. the um, uh, injury flows through the schools, right? I 